Rich, how often do you think about Rome? Every day, Grace. Rome Season 1, Episode 2, How Titus Pulo Brought Down the Republic is over. But here on Post Show Recap, we're just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with DM Philly. Philly, how you doing? I'm so good. I'm really excited to see how Titus Pulo brought down the Roman Republic. We saw it. He, uh, he gambling. The yep. real problem. Yeah. Shouldn't It'll- do it. Bring down a lot of empires, Grace. Uh, we're well out of our way as a, as a Twitch streamer. I'm pretty familiar. Yeah. Um, I would like to say I am uh, watching this for the first time. And in my, so I don't know what's coming next. And so maybe you should actually be writing uh, the little recaps because I said last episode was like, Julius Caesar marches towards Rome. And like, I do feel like episode one played a little fast and loose with time a little bit like they're they're not like putting title cards they're not saying you know you know this is this date whatever Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. like we get like the death of a woman the man getting betrothed to another woman then breaking off that betrothal and then literally getting married all in episode one so i i Mm -hmm. assumed we covered a vast amount of time i guess i could have been like four days or whatever I don't know how they did things in, in ancient things Rome. moved fast I'm learning. in ancient Rome. Grace. I'm learning, yeah. except I find that like the end of every episode so far is like Julius Caesar is marching towards Rome, and he, he is not quite there yet, but he's going to Rome. The march is slow. He's got a whole <laughs> legion behind him. They don't all. Oh, no, one legion. One legion. Uh, Sorry, I guess he has three. Does he have three? He has uh, one no, three? it's just one ragtag legion. Yeah, all he's okay. actually still got with him is the thirteenth. But he, they're wearing sandals for Pete's sake. I mean, uh, they're doing the best that they can. It's rough to rain out there. Who's Pete's sake? Is he? Uh, yeah, is he who in is the legion? Pete's sake. We haven't right. met him yet. He shows up towards the end of of Caesar's okay. reign. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're uh, talking about uh, season one, episode two. Rich, I just. Polo brought down the Republic. But first, I just want to remind folks, as we get started on this journey of recapping the TV show Rome every day in the month of October, every weekday, sorry, 22 days, 22 episodes, make sure you subscribe, pushrecaps.com slash Rome. Rating and reviews are much appreciated as we launch this new adventure and we put it up the charts. It's the fall of Rome, Rich. The fall of Rome. It's good. You have a really good announcer voice. It's Thanks. Good. I try. Yeah. I practice. Yeah. I'm a voice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What'd you make of episode two, uh, going back and rewatching it for you? I loved it. I like totally forgot how much I love this episode. Titus Pulo is such like a maniac, you know, mm-hmm. he's just this like unhinged guy that is adjacent to all of these gigantic events that are transpiring. And I think it's such like a great narrative device to have. And every man might be the wrong term. I was not place, expecting but... Rome to basically be, uh, the Roman empire meets Forrest Gump, but here we are. I know it's pretty close, <laughs> right? Um, there's like the classic quote of like when Caesar marched on Rome, there was I forget who it was that said like the dies cast, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that I love dice around here, but the idea that like it's Titus Pulo's gambling that like ends up creating this series of unfortunate events that conspire to like prevent the correct vote and the veto. I I love it because of the um, the humanity in it. You know what I mean? Like the fact that. Like they're too busy fighting. They can't hear the feet. There's so much good stuff here. I really dig episode two. Yeah. Mark Antony is in episode one, but I feel like really has a breakout here in episode two. Gets yeah. to be the people's tribune. Uh, very fun. Um, and this whole like, yeah, the um, all the ways in which like Pompey is trying to make sure that everything happens via technicality is pretty fun. Uh, and like this, like, you know, th- 
basically really poor survivor play that's happening is if like well what if we say the tribal council never actually ended and we come back and we get to vote yeah <laughs> then yeah. i get to use my my hidden immunity idol yeah you want to see somebody grab Jeff Probst and shake him like they did with the old man? You senile old man! You senile fool! Uh, I love Kato also as just like this like lick spittle, you know? The whole yeah. thing is like he wears this black toga very notably because he believes that like the Republic is already dead, that the old like democratic ways are dead. They even talk about Varenis in this episode where Pulo says like, oh, he's a strict Catonian. This is like a, a right. philosophical school basically like of of the old morality of the Roman empire at that time. And this belief that we need to like return to the old ways. We need to make Rome great again, grace. It's a yeah. very much like that energy. Right. So I, I just love that. Like they're too incompetent to pull it off that like the, the human part of it, of like Caesar, like both of them thinking the wrong kind of thing. Right. As Pompey ultimately like screws the whole thing up. And Caesar's like, I can't believe he really did this. You know, <laughs> like I never would have expected, that he would like go this far then pompey's got to run it's all very fun stuff this is classic like if if pompey and mark antony just get in a room together yeah none of this happens except not really because pompey probably doesn't tell mark antony because he needs it to like he can't really be seen he's that he's pulling the strings right but, that's the other thing that yeah. i love mark antony i talked about a little bit last time he's a pretty big character as we move forward and i think he steals a lot of scenes he's really um it's an awesome performance but the idea that like he just like is so bored by the proceedings that he doesn't even know what he's supposed to do they're counting on him to do this very simple thing which is to like defend the guy who put him there for the exclusive purpose of defending him and he's just like doesn't really get what's going on he's what are you saying vote no i don't get to vote no veto exactly. I, no i don't get to vote no, he's like right. too hung over to even realize <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's all so human right it's like it's there, there's a certain amount of speculation that goes into all of this and this idea of like this series of human errors culminating in this absolute like devastating civil war is fantastic that is also yeah. like kind of bloodless right um like it's all it's really very fun narrative control Construction, I think. Well, no, the gen, the guy who had to oversee all the votes, he he definitely drew blood. But that's about that's it. true. There yeah. was definitely a little blood drawn by the end, yeah. right? As, all right. Uh, the yeah. stinky gambler comes jumping out of the crowd with his knife. All right, let me give the quick plot recap of the episode. So Magnus Pompey wants to set a plan in motion to weaken Julius Caesar. The Senate will overwhelmingly vote to declare him a traitor to the Senate and the people of Rome, showing he has no allies or friends in the capital. However, newly elected People's Tribune, Mark Antony, who was voted in basically with the aid of Julius Caesar, will veto the motion, thus preventing Caesar from having a reason to march on Rome. Meanwhile, Pulo and Varenus are in Rome. Pulo finds himself at a brothel and he's gambling. But when he discovers a cheat, he kills the man, but ends up uh, pretty wounded. And we get a pretty gnarly surgery scene, um, which did make my knees go weak. Um, meanwhile, Varenus learns that his daughter has had a baby, though he initially thought maybe his wife had slept with another man. He ultimately allows his daughter to marry the boy who got her pregnant, except it turns out that by the baby was Niobe's all along. Um, while trying to make their way to Senate to veto the motion, one of the gambling men tries to attack Pulo. A fight breaks out and the people believe that Pompey sent his men to attack Mark Antony to prevent the veto. Caesar officially declared an enemy of the state and rides towards Rome. War is coming, Rich. That's War episode two is coming uh they call that a tree panning i believe or a tripping uh i googled it and it is disgusting 
it's horrific. I mean, you know me, Grace, uh, pretty well off of the podcast, and I do not do well this with like one medical procedures yeah. and stuff uh-huh. like this. This thing almost like straight knocked me out cold. I was having sweats. I had to take a shower after I watched the scene. Oh. That's why I didn't really like remember uh, all the fun stuff about it. This is like the lingering like, kind of thing that stood out to me after years of having not seen it. But it really is like a, a, a pretty effective. I mean, like great surgeon. I love like the details of the metal plate i love the crowd amassing in Varenus's house to like watch this whole thing go down again we're like evolving to an entertainment culture right there are needs mm-hmm. of the people that are beyond basic subsistence and the idea that they're like oh they're doing a surgery down the street come on everybody come on you could see like the gawkers just kind of like massing up there um and and this is like historically accurate they did these kind of surgeries back in the day certainly for soldiers i don't think they were all as necessarily successful as they seem to be for yeah it feels like this one could go pretty wrong if you got the wrong surgeon oh for sure Mm -hmm. yeah if that surgeon were as hung over as mark anthony we'd be doomed (laughs) we'd be right out of a lot of show one main character down (laughs) i do think to your point of episode one like we're playing with like these nebulous periods of time a little bit because it feels like this is all happening kind of quickly but also there's enough time for like titus pulo to like completely recover from this whole ordeal and like yeah yeah, this, yeah, time. It's a timey wimey show. It does not bother me at all. I think it's like more like interesting to put to point mm-hmm. out that, um, yeah, they they fit a lot in here in this uh, in the show and in, and in particular episodes. And yeah, I don't really have a good sense of like how much time passes per episode, really. Mm-mm. But that's fine. Um, no, the the um, is coming back and having some money to go hang out with basically loses it all immediately because uh, he first goes to the brothel and then he goes gambling and finds the man with the trick dice or dice uh, uh, in his hand. Yeah, um, perception check. He nailed that sleight of hand. Nothing getting past Pulo. He sure, he sure did. Uh, but then he, he literally stabs him in the throat. It was pretty gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the surgical scene, I will just, we won't need to touch on it t- too long, but I thought it was so effectively done for a TV show. Like it, it, it is absolutely disgusting. Oh, and yeah. that is probably exactly how it was. And so kudos to HBO for whoever, whatever props department, uh, wh- whoever put that together. Well done. You're very good. Again, I mean, you know, I talked about it a bit during episode one, but part of the reason that this season is so beloved, or this show, I should say, is still so beloved years out from it, is the historical accuracy. They really, like, went above and beyond to try to capture everything that they could um, in terms of historical accuracy about ancient Rome, right? There were devices just like this that have been verified, these kind of, like, bow drills that they end up using to do the tree panning, like, you know, it's ultimately, like, the the sawing of a large hole in one skull, right? Um, the metal plates in there. It's pretty good that they have like these preformed skull sized plates. He's it's lucky that like that thing fit him just so, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, true. Um, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. It, it it looks horrific, and so I think it was very effective. Um, the other half of our dynamic duo uh, is Bronus. He's gonna come home, and th- the scene where he thinks that Diobi's baby is um is is Niobe's baby like yep. when he's actually predicts it right and then she plays it off like no no our daughter had a baby uh pretty smooth from Niobe 
Pretty yeah, good. she handles it great. And Dear Varma, like showing up uh, more recently on Obi Wan, clearly like from Game of Thrones is where she really has popped off. Uh, she's great. I think she's a great actress. She's always often very good with like not very good roles, and this is a very good role. Uh, and I, I really like love her in this space. But she does like manage him really, really well. It seems like she's got a good conspiracy going on. The daughter's in on it. Like, what is what does this kid think? What is like the daughter's like betrothed think of this? whole situation grace he must be deeply in love to be willing to like take this hit for the mother-in-law the 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 son-in-law the new son-in-law yeah yeah although he is a successful drover family which is like herding cattle and sheep i believe right his house may be made of manure but it's quite uh sanitary does not smell at all grace does not that's right Yep. That's right. Um, yeah, good good on this guy for 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 he's like, I don't remember we had a baby. Album <laughs> like, <laughs> play along, play along. Um, yeah, except at the end, like uh this like oh, we get the reveal where she's like gonna nurse the baby, and the reveal is like that's her baby. Uh gonna be tough to get around as Verotis is like, I'm not going back to war, I'm actually gonna hang around. And they're like, Oh <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna keep hiding this, but sure. Uh, yeah. Veronis in you know in Niobe's defense I guess or not even defense but maybe to make it a little easier Veronis does not seem like a guy who's paying a lot of attention to the women in his life notably this guy is like clearly really blind in certain areas I, I love like the idea too you know we talked about the distinction between like Veronis and Pula last time and uh-huh. there's a real like Oscar Felix kind of odd couple energy yeah. between them where like one of them is lawful and the other chaotic but Veronis is like a soldier soldier he just doesn't know from any of this he's been gone for eight years and like niobe does not look that old grace you know like we we given like his own daughter who was just like betrothed here that he's like fixing up with the drover um we can imagine like you know he doesn't know this woman she's fundamentally a stranger to him he's coming back to a stranger and this is a really interesting thing for me uh my great my grandmother used to talk about her father my great-grandfather fought in like in turkey and he he was gone for like eight years from their family family the same exact period of time before coming back it's really crazy to think about right of like i mean uh, like my marriage i didn't even know made it eight years you know (laughs) i got like right to the cusp of the whole and i was there for the whole time so it's just incredible to think about the frame of things especially in a world where like life expectancies were not 90 years old right <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, this is a long time eight years when you yeah. gotta like probably like live to like 50 something you know yes um yeah i mean um yeah this although i also think like his her daughter is it, it comes is like can't we just say like we thought he was dead like you told him we thought mm-hmm. you were dead. Like the they stopped paying your wage, and they they're like, we're never wrong. Uh, you know, when somebody's dead, they're dead, and you don't get paid any more money. And she's like, no, we definitely can't do that. He will kill us all, I believe. He says so. Well, um, uh, yeah. To where I'm like talking about it from Veranis's point of view, like he also is a stranger to Niobe, right? And so mm-hmm. like she has no clue. All she knows is like she married this man who left her at home with a couple of kids, and now has been off like killing Gauls for eight years, right? Like it's not unreasonable, especially given the first interaction that they have as he comes back to imagine like this is not a man with like a great amount of temperance. He's not going to have understanding or compassion or like empathy for the situation here. And in fact, he is a trained killer and we might not want to like necessarily give up the goat in terms of like everything that went down while he was gone. Also speaking of time, when they march on the Senate, Bronus gets stabbed and then gets 
taken to Caesar, right? Is this right? I'm thinking. Yes. Yes. And then yes. and this whole thing about crossing the Rubicon, which I did not really. I mean, I'm not a huge geography, uh, you know, buff. Uh, mm -hmm. but but that's still a saying, you know, like crossing the Rubicon, right? Is that oh, not like, sure it is. Like uh, you know, the the it means something significant. Is that you can't go, you can't go back. So this whole thing where he uh is going to end. He feels like he's maybe on the wrong side that he would not have been on because he was with them when they march towards Rome and therefore the, the Rubicon was a river yeah that yeah. like ultimately like delineated the border of Rome right and there's this whole notion of like can't wear weapons they're giving Mark Anthony grief for wearing like the soldier cloak and the senate chambers all this right. kind of stuff right so um this notion that like yeah crossing the Rubicon is like the point of no return that you're going to come over it's uh, yeah right uh yeah a lot of time this is what I'm saying a lot of time because he he goes <laughs> he's in Rome and then he's back with Caesar, he crossed the Rubicon to get to Caesar, and then he crossed the Rubicon again to come back. Yeah, there's a lot of like there's they're they're jumping back and forth over the Rubicon. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and then when he wakes up and he's like, you know, so we we get this um at the end here, and we'll get to like the Mark Antony and the Pompey and Caesar of it all, but this idea that the man actually was trying to kill Pulo, who <laughs> then is like. Nah, we're not gonna. We won't mention that. They were actually. We'll just this whole thing about trying to kill Mark Antony sounds great to me. Um, <laughs> and, and when Bronus wakes up, he's like, "You know that that guy was trying to kill you, right?" He's like, "Nah, I'm not really worried about that. I'm not What's sure done is done." <laughs> Can we verify that? I mean, we're not gonna be able to ask him now. Only the gods know. I do love it. There's real like uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern energy to these two, uh -huh. also. You know, like these guys off on the side. Like the whole thing of him like waking up and and um, it, it's really I, I don't know. It's good. I love that Pulo ultimately is just in the middle of all of this, and it really is like his indulgence and like his very simple kind of drives and impulses that lead to this entire situation right the whole like parting of them too for ennis being like listen the good broth you want to go to the good brothels that's by right the temple that's of, right like, <laughs> of, of venerea like that's that's where like you need to be going now you're you're uh you know you're a respected soldier now titus it's good tip know? it's smart yeah, it's yeah. Good. he's like i'm gonna yep. go home i'm gonna go hang out with my family but if you want to go to the good brothels that way make a left not a right um, yeah, it really is great. The energy between these two, I think, is very fun. And it's clear that, like, the friction between them when they get sent on the first mission of, like, I only chose you because we're both dead men and you're already dishonored. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's, it's evolving into this affection, right? Of, like, here, have some water. I would rather die of thirst. But he takes the water, right? <laughs> like, Come on, you fool. It, yeah, you idiot. Take the it water. It really is like um, there is this affection burgeoning between them. To happenstance like despite the fact that Varenis like is so like I do not want to be friends to Titus Pulo Titus Pulo is like no I owe you you choke you got me out of the stockades like I owe he you pays you for know? his life-saving surgery he's like you know dealing out coin to the surgeon right when he when the that Pulo like yeah pulls up grievously wounded <laughs> yes. like hey buddy I need some help like, all right all right I'll help you yeah 
uh, what a bro uh, Pulo is too, you know, he really like, um, he's, he's trying to be like a good dude pretty early on, I think, to Varanis. Like, for as much as we're looking at this guy, and there's a lot of attributes that we could point to, like, oh, he's a gambler, he's a womanizer, he's clearly like not a man of high philosophy. He's trying to be like a good friend of Varanis, right? Well, he's making sure like he gets the water, like he does have his back. Niobe's like, uh, like comes to see him. Uh, he's playing with the baby. Uh, yes. Pulo's playing with the baby. And he's, he's very like, funny as he sings like this terrifying Roman legion song. He's ultimately <laughs> thinking about like, you can hide and seek, but the 13th legion will find and kill you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so she's true. like, I was pretty lonely when my husband was gone. He's like, but he talked about you all the time. Like every mm -hmm. day he was like, she's great. She's beautiful. I love her. And he's like, he said he didn't really know you. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, I don't know. Just trying to have his back, you know? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. He's such a good friend. And then he just, like, he doubles down on it, too, where she's like, he's a mean man. He's got a bad temper. Pula's like, no, 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 no. He's a good man. I never saw him take another woman all these years. That's all right. That's right. He's coming back to you, right? And she's just like, I know that you're not friends. And he's like, yeah, he's got yeah. a real ill temper. <laughs> you're right. You're right. He just, he's always complaining about everything. He does, like, such a good job he's such like a casual kind of liar but th the real distinction i think we're supposed to take from it is like pulo is a people person right for better or for yeah. worse like he's got this natural charm and varenus is just so uptight it's like the you know he's got his gladius like shoved where the shun don't shine grace like he really is just like inflexible and and like immutable and pulo is like got lessons to teach him in the same way that varenus has some like lessons for pulo right yeah. but the the whole like beat at the end of like how could you say this you know the truth of it and pulo like oh come on bro let's not like fine. worry yeah, about yeah, that yeah. you know it was yeah. always gonna be civil war it's always you know it's yeah, fine yeah, it's who yeah. cares how it started yeah um yeah i mean uh pulo is a people so i saw him at the brothel he's with a lot of people he sure was yes. everybody seemed pleased too you yeah. know except yeah. for the guy with the cheating dice uh, yeah that's i love later. the way that's later. Yeah. The, the cheating dice go down too it's just like uh there's great little like elements here the production elements again as he like lifts it up and like has the dice palmed everybody's like going wild in the brothel uh like tulo's uh pulo's like basic proficiency too this guy is like a real killer grace like he handles everything pretty quickly you know uh mark anthony is like psyched at how fast he stabbed that guy that jumped out of the crowd never really understood how trick dice work real like how you do it that you know get exactly what you want but that's fine uh clearly yeah, i'm not you a need chief. uh it's a double whammy where you need the weighted dice that are always going to like roll to certain size and so like if you know they're going to land on like these two given sides more often than not and then you have the numbers then you know your math but it's really about like the switch in play you got to be able to switch the dice and then right. if we're going to like this kind of detail these are not like um you know factory manufactured yeah, right. dice so this guy might have had to made his trick dice like particularly for this brothel so there's a right. lot going on there right it's a very um, con. all right another episode where really julius caesar is not super in the episode uh i feel like two episodes in, in a row he does definitely has some meetings at the beginning um uh, his little assistant is like you know 
basically smack talking him. Um, and uh, and we do get some more clarification. I said this last episode, I wasn't exactly sure. And just so folks know, we are recording, uh, you know, we're pre recording some of these episodes. So if you send us your feedback, uh, it might take a while for us to implement them. So as I said yesterday, like tell us, but then it's going to be really annoying when the next episode, we, like, yeah, when we don't immediately exactly yeah, the same thing, the yeah. exact same wrong thing. Yeah, but yeah. it turns out his term ends, he's been elected. But his term ends in January, so not too long from now. Um, and and yet they're gonna, you know, the Senate's gonna do this whole vote. But yeah, not a ton of Julius Caesar this episode. Uh, uh, again, we get uh, that scene at the beginning. Do we really get anything else? I'm trying to look through my notes. Do we see him? Not much? really. Yeah, it's a really light Caesar episode. Caesar, I don't think it would be fair to call him a MacGuffin, but he's very much the driving force, right? He's not always the main character of the episodes. Like his, he's the energy and the propulsion of the plot in like a really big way and everything you know, it's a good like example and it's it, obviously this show comes first so this is not like this it's like this shit but he's like he's like logan roy he's not in every scene but he's mm -hmm. certainly like the driving force he's like I we mean, called we called logan roy the the planet the sun a lot uh not for nothing but succession has been attributed to being very much right. like modern shakespearean drama right, right? and like modern shakespeare loves like yeah. yeah writing about a caesar right yeah um yeah so very very little there's a lot of like talk about like um men leaving him and deserting him potentially it's very interesting that like he seemingly has all this attention and and glory uh at home and that potentially some of this uh you know the actual life under caesar is potentially not as you know uh amazing deal well these yeah. guys are spending eight years at war in gaul <laughs> they're fighting the blue man group left uh -huh. and right like it's harrowing up there they have to leave their wives they don't get to go back to the brothel or gambling at all like this is a tough life to be the life of like a legionnaire far afield right so um i don't blame them you know i i like the little bit of the relationship we see between like um mark anthony evolving here mark anthony is such a fun character mm -hmm. and i i really like he's the guy that i think captured my heart this episode not to telegraph too hard but yeah mm. caesar like pretty much in the shadows for this one yeah um all right once again magnus pompey is trying to maneuver and it goes terribly wrong for him <laughs> it's like i mean it seems like up until the moment in which a fight breaks out in the senate it all could have gone decently well for for poppy he's he's talking with people he wants them to vote and they and basically people who have influence um you can think of this you know this is a senate so um you can see that like you know obviously everybody has their own ind individual vote but if you have somebody who has influence over people and if they vote one way then potentially you can get a mass of people to vote um they vote with you it looks like about like two-thirds of the senate ultimately end up voting to condemn julius caesar and then a massive fight breaks out yeah it all like hangs on cicero right as he's like yes. the moderate or whatever and he's like and we need you to do this the moderates are going to follow you it's also like i guess relevant to know like this whole thing of the plebs the plebs we hear about the plebs yeah. like mark antony is here as the representative of the plebs these are the the citizens that are not like the nobility right uh like the noblemen have more power and they have a, a greater measure of representation but there is a contingent of just the people that are represented here and that's kind of what mark 
Mark Anthony's role is. Um, the whole like notion you talk about it as like a survivor play, Grace. But what it really strikes me as is like Pompey's not using bad strategy here. This is not a bad tactic. Like everything that he's doing is like philosophically sound and it should work. But he's playing with like incompetent people who only like binged <laughs> one season yeah. before they got right. on the plane That's to go right. do the press interviews, right? Like Mark Anthony does not understand the game. And so he's just out there like flailing around looking for advantages on the beach. And like, he's not really paying attention and he votes wrong. It's like uh, an infamous Jonathan Penner. Like, wait, I voted for the wrong person. You know, like he does, he does, he does veto, but the, it's like that the guy didn't hear it. And he's like, oh, yeah, but like, like he Cicero has to scream at him and be like, yeah. veto it, yeah. veto, you know, yeah. like Mark Anthony, like wakes up out of a haze almost. And it's like, huh? Okay. But oh. did they not perfectly cast the old man who runs the Senate? Yeah. That guy, his raspy voice, yes. and then he has no control over it because he's an old, feeble old man. He's cast perfectly. Uh, yeah, he was great. I loved him. I don't know who it's, he is. I'm gonna look him up. It's pretty tremendous casting. Yeah, I love the casting across. I love Cato too. The whole depiction of Cato, like again, like there's something Shakespearean about the presentation of these guys. We're doing the like classic thing, Grace, where everybody having British accents is like a surrogate for Italian or Latin, right. I should say, right? Like yeah. <laughs> totally trans. Translates and like I, I just kind of love that. It's a it's a Shakespearean kind of trope that has been like applied to the modern way that we look back to the Roman Empire because of kind of the English fixation during like the rise of the British Empire, right? And so it's really fascinating the way that like these stories get filtered through the cultures that are retelling them and then refiltered again, you know. Um yeah, it, it, it's very fascinating to me. But the whole interaction that happens there in the Senate and like all the moving pieces of like Cato, who just like desperately wants to like tear down this like, he, I mean, uh, he's like against progress is fundamentally what we need to understand. He wants to go back to like the good old days when he had to walk uphill both ways to school. Right. And Cicero is ultimately like not all in on this plan. He just doesn't want to like see the Republic fall to a dictator. And it's like, well, okay, I guess like, you know, the devil I know in Pompey is better than the devil I don't in Caesar. And that's like ultimately where, where he's trying to make his call, you know? Um, and Mark Anthony's like, just moment of incompetence here it's like there was a moment where he could have acted in time but this brawl breaks out and like they miss the window you know yeah the 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 plan you talked about it being the sort of right move but i want to talk through it a little bit which is basically um magus pompey wants an overwhelming vote he wants yes. he wants almost uh, as many people as possible to uh, declare caesar a traitor to rome and and then let it be vetoed. And the thing that this does is it shows that he has no allies in in the Senate in Rome. That if he if he came back and tried to rule by um, basically like you know he tried to like politic his way back into politics, mm -hmm. he will have th that will not work. He will not have enough people on his side. And then the vetoing of it, why not just declare him an enemy of the state? Is because Pompey doesn't want him to have what's seen as like a legitimate reason to march on Rome, which when he's, when it's not vetoed, then, okay. He, he, he kind of like in the eyes of the people of Rome who do seemingly love Caesar more than they love anybody else and see sort of potentially a Senate that is uh, falling apart. The idea is that 
okay, he was never actually declared a traitor, so why is he marching against? Why does he just come back and try through legitimate means? But because he's declared a traitor, he has no choice but to come back and fight, and it gives him a little bit of legitimacy. I guess it's yeah different. it's really interesting because it's a little bit of like the more things change the more they stay the same like they're using a corrupt legal system because they're the people with the power to do so right? right like fundamentally it's this corner and animal dynamic for caesar like if we can telegraph to him that the people in power in rome are not going to like support his return then that's good but if we actually declare him an enemy then he's got nothing left to lose and like the man with nothing else to lose is like very dangerous right? there's a line uh, here that says does a does not a dying serpent bite deepest i believe is what's uh either uh i can't remember if this is um uh gosh all their names uh Scipio, the close. father-in-law or or this is cesara i can't remember who says that but one of them says it yeah, yeah, it's very close. And I mean, they're they're not wrong, you know, like Cicero was like the one in episode one saying like, uh, no, like, you know, Pompey's not wrong. We shouldn't just like ostracize Caesar. We don't want to do that. We also don't need to like bow to him just because we're like intimidated. There's a middle ground here, you know, and it's against all his better judgment that he does this. So again, like, I don't think it's necessarily unsound, right? Like, ultimately, it goes back to like, you know, Varys does the great thing on Game of Thrones where I think it's Varys where he talks about like who truly has power. Is it the priest? Is it the king? Or is it the man with the sword? Right. And like fundamentally it's the banker, right? Like that's, that's who's got the power, right? Because like the king with like a, a bankrupt kingdom can't pay the guards that are going to like give their life for him. Like the religious power holds sway over the people, but like ultimately you got to be able to like pay the soldiers. This is like a fundamental problem for Caesar and like um, the, the wealth of the nobility are really like important as well as the uh, just like the tacit approval, right? And like the willingness to like take him back in like if they turn him away he's got like nowhere left to go he's going to be like exiled to gaul or wherever it is somewhere outside of like the power center you know it's mm -hmm. all really interesting in terms of like uh, the motivations that drive these people and like yeah i don't know the, yeah. the ways that it all falls apart i know i keep like repeating it just being so like relatably human like we can we can like analogize it to survivor because these are the same like incompetent kind of mistakes that like a bunch of actors will make in fiji next right. summer uh yeah. it's like it's it's just the same thing repeating over and over again yeah um the last sort of people we haven't really talked much about is uh, Atia and um, and her kids, Octavian and Octavia. Um, not much here. Uh, Atia is going to be sleeping with Mark Antony. Um, good for her. That's good. Uh, yep. You know, not much else going on. Uh, her uh, her daughter is very much hates her and uh, can overhear her having sex with Mark Antony. Uh, mimics, <laughs> mimics the noises. Uh, we get a but little, really, uh, when Harry yeah. and Sally scene happens. That's right. right there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but not a ton here. But basically, you know, Atia clearly in the sort of like middle of things and trying to figure out how to move forward. But much more on Caesar's side due to her link to Mark Antony. 
I like the interpersonal conflict. I think that there's like a fun duality happening between Niobe and her daughter, who is like so loyal that she's willing to like, uh, you know, pretend yeah. that this is her kid compared right. to like Atia and her daughter, who is just like, truly, I hate you. <laughs> like, yeah. You're horrible. I'm like, sit there and humiliate her. Uh, the whole like Mark Anthony vibe with them is just like fascinating. The way he like rolls in and kind of like owns the place and like she is so kind of delighted to like cater to his needs in that way uh i i like atia a lot i think that there's like good energy in this whole like in this whole house and everything that's going on with this family but yeah not much movement forward with any of them yeah that's about it all right should we do some segments here then um we're gonna pit some folks in the coliseum um last week i believe you went first so i'm happy to go first in terms of who i think had a good episode and maybe should battle it out in the coliseum i'm tempted to give it to to pulo i mean he he catches the gamble i know he gets uh then very badly beaten but he has life-saving surgery due to paid for by his friend who doesn't really want to be his friend but is willing to do it anyway <laughs> and then and then it excellently maneuvers the fact that the gamblers then try to kill him um and and essentially you know in his favor that like oh they're actually trying to kill mark antony and stop the veto i think i'm gonna put pulo in the in the coliseum That's i think pulo is like a really good nomination i think i want to nominate mark antony yeah. uh, for the fact that like he does not want this job really you know <laughs> uh -huh. he's he's like a soldier he's glad to be back hanging out with actia he's having a pretty good time he likes it when octavia makes fun of her even he's like this is fun this is funny she's really like just read you for filth it's kind of hilarious uh but like he doesn't want this gig as the representative of the plebs he can't even be bothered to do his one job he had one job grace all he had to do was veto he can't be bothered i think that he knows that the gambler jumping out of the crowd is not trying to kill him at all i think that he's well aware that the guy is coming for titus pulo and he's just like well this is pretty convenient let's get to killing boys as he's gonna like pull out his knife and that really he like is just psyched to have caesar come back and like pub stomp all of rome and this is what he wanted in the first place so so it's not actually uh, gross negligence or incompetence that leads to all of this on his part, but a very savvy maneuver as he's utilizing the like chaos that surrounds Titus Pulo to further his own agenda. Caesar being like Anthony trying to clean himself up. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, don't do that. You need to look disheveled as I need to like prove that they, they tried to attack you. That was a pretty good move as well. He, he calls like, out a uh, yeah. Leonardus of the brave 300 uh, grace. Yeah, from Sparta. Right. He's like, you look just like Leonidas at the Mopolis. Uh, it's really good stuff. I love when I get to Leo point at the screen. I know that movie. I saw that movie. I have no real context for the historical event, but uh, vaguely, uh, um, I'm happy to give this to Mark Antony. I think that he, uh, I mean, both him and Pulo get attacked and one of them doesn't need surgery to fix their brain. So I think that it's totally fair to give it well, to Mark Antony as the winner. Um, on the other hand, uh -huh. uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm going to like leave you a little bit in the dark as to whether or not this is like a very next level savvy political maneuver on my end, or I'm just weak willed and willing to acquiesce to all your <laughs> arguments because I think uh -huh. that Pulo probably should win. This is like literally the right. name of the episode episode is how that's Titus Pulo brought that's down the true. Republic. That's I think true. that like I gotta give it to the title character okay. probably. Right. I just needed to like come up with some reasonable there, competition. There's a there's a great uh so um 
Mark Antony goes and he has the meeting with all of uh, Pompey's men. I think Pompey is there as well. Cato's definitely there. And he's mm. like being like, yeah, I'm not like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, we're not, he's not going to give up like, you know, uh, whatever. And then, and then um, well, who's the man who gets sent with him? Strabo, I think is his name, who is sent uh, to make sure that Antony behaves himself. And yeah, okay. Strabo writes a letter in a later scene. It says, yeah, Mark Antony was very arrogant and the rest of them, the men were very offended. So I think it went fine. <laughs> it's like, it's, I think whatever you were trying to do, I think it went great. It's like it's like basically because like yeah, Mark Antony was like very arrogant and everyone hates him. So I think he did his job. Great, love Strava. Um, but yeah, I'll um, give it to Pulo. I'll give we'll give it to Pulo this week. I he think took it's down fair. the Roman Empire. I think it's fair. I think Pulo's gonna like be coming for a couple of these episodes, but I think certainly this one, he is like the, the central player in what's going down. And it's really good bro energy. He tries, he really tries to like yeah. tell Niobe, no, no, he's a good guy. You got a scene or a, a piece of dialogue you want to highlight, Rich? Yeah, I have to go with uh, the brawl in the Senate. Like Mark Antony not vetoing in time is my absolute favorite. What's that? Thing. What do you want? What? Huh? <laughs> He's just like looking too. He's doing the thing. I'm like, huh? Huh? It looks like uh, it's like the Mark Antony emoji. There are some very gifable moments across this show that I'm like, oh yeah, it's clear social media wasn't really a thing at the time. There would be more yeah, of these 2005. on the internet these days, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, we're on like the bleeding edge there but the whole everything that goes down in the senate like Cicero screaming at him of like veto veto the old man's like in, unable to like rein any of them in these guys in togas just like wailing on each other grace afterwards like the aftermath as they're mopping the blood up off the tile floor <laughs> that's and pretty good like screams at the old man like yeah. i know that this is kind of like a big amalgamation of a couple scenes but i gotta go with the senate yeah well then when they're like they're like are you sure like it wasn't and he's like no it wasn't official and then they're like well like you never really ended it either officially and he's like i guess i didn't it's like i guess we could start tomorrow <laughs> the way they just like completely play him there it's pretty funny uh if you go serious i'll then like to go not serious which is veronis comes home and um niobe has very graciously made him some some food and he's eating and this is when they had the conversation about uh the fact that she thought he was dead and he goes well you know i'll go deal with the money i'll go i'll go make sure we get paid for my service mm -hmm. but also i have lots of rewards so don't worry and also i'll sell those slaves and we'll make money and he dumps out a bag of riches His he, yes yep. including a giant phallus he's like pretty good right <laughs> he's very <laughs> proud of the giant phallus, he's right? like cool man awesome great good to have you back for this you know in eight she years she literally is like nice <laughs> cool, <laughs> cool <laughs> man rad awesome so good it really is hilarious that large phallus it's <laughs> like yeah, yeah i got that as a reward like what are you gonna do with that is it like yeah is he gonna sell it i guess i don't know what's he gonna do well whatever it's so silly like pours up maybe that again if you're you know the expert of the roman empire you're like that was very common that they would bring back the phallus so it was like a, you know Great. More crossover energy with succession, you know. Uh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking the exact same thing. That's some, uh, yeah, that's some uh, Conroy energy. Conroy energy, yeah. That's right. All right, we'll be back uh, tomorrow with episode three of season one, which is an owl and a thorn bush, Rich. Heck yeah, an owl and a thorn bush. Uh, this one definitely not as literal, literal of a title 
That's how Titus Pulo brought down the Republic. <laughs> I had to like do some head scratching at the end of like, they're really going like hard left and hard rights, Grace, of like their most literal episode title ever to like play the metaphor game, which who's the owl? Where's the thorn bush? Yeah, the, the stolen eagle is like a mixture, but it's like literally, that's literally what happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, you know, ooh, what that what could that mean? Oh, interesting. At least it's not called pilot. It's a bit an episode yeah. to do how Titus Pulo brought down the Roman Empire. And then an owl and a thorn bush that could be literal we don't know they could, they could just find an owl and a thorn bush sure, like, oh, man. Be about the owl yeah. and the thorn bush. i guess we'll find out tomorrow my big question is despite how much timey wimey shenanigans we have going on will julius caesar make it to rome is my it's my question <laughs> for a good question. tomorrow's episode yeah caesar approaches yeah <laughs> um all right we'll be back tomorrow i'm on social media i'm at high from grace rich where can people find you i'm at dm philly my dms are open hit me up All right, we will be back tomorrow with uh, more of the fall of Rome. Until next time, bye-bye.